Welcome once again, everybody, to Blockbuster Mentality. I'm your host, Ben. Uh, before we get started, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate, review us. We've been getting more ratings and reviews. It's helping us climb those charts. We'd appreciate it if you continue uh, to do that. Let your friends know. And if you haven't done it, please do it. Uh, another fun show for you folks this week. As uh, It's a running theme of this show, that it's a fun show. So tell your friends, tell your friends. No, but another great guest, uh, Dave and I discuss Easy Rider with Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, Jack Nicholson, classic film from 1969. We discuss it with uh, comedian and actor Rick Overton. I might know him from Groundhog Day, uh, Willow. Beverly Hills Cop. He's been a, he has a lot of acting credits. Uh, he was Pam Beasley's father in The Office. Uh, so yeah, he's been been around a while, and uh, yeah, he was a treat to talk to. Very passionate about uh, about this film, and just a passionate dude all along, uh, all around, and very funny, funny guy. We had a lot of fun with him, and he's uh, we're already planning another episode with him. So really hope you guys enjoy this. Um, let us know what your thoughts are on Easy Rider after you listen to the episode. Uh, tweet us at BlockbusterCast, Instagram at BlockbusterMentality, and also that's where you get all the updates on the show when new episodes come out, everything like that. But, all right, without further ado, here is our conversation with Rick Overton on Easy Rider. Pollen season. Um, uh, I thought you were doing a line of coke or something like the movie. <laughs> oh sure, yeah, smart move. <laughs> Bam. Yeah. Yeah, right. That would be great. Are you? Uh, are you still doing? House, it? I paint the wall with my own hot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You gotta, you gotta check the quality. <laughs> right. Are you are you still are you still doing gigs uh, with the the whole pandemic? Have you done a gig? No, not so much. No, yeah. uh, but I am turning into a zombie. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> I've done so many zooms. I'm a zombie now. Zombie. <laughs> <Zoom-bee. That> is... <laughs> yes, it's the it's the rise of the zombies, dawn of the zombies. Um, is that a term you coined? There, we're just starting this premise. I was just getting come on, and so uh, I, I'm forming a uh, a union. A union for uh, Zoom uh, for Zag, and that'll be uh, <laughs> there. You go Zoom, uh, uh, Zoom attending uh, guild, attendees guild, and then Zig, which is Zoom interested guild. It's you know for people that do, yeah. lurker and not really chiming in or commenting, but they're watching. But they deserve a guild. <laughs> how do I get I a, in on this? Yeah, how do I get uh, a Zag how do card? I get a, you send me a hundred bucks for your dues, and I'm gonna work on eventually getting some swag. Okay, that sounds sounds terrible. Be rich, and I'll get you some swag eventually, like a cup or one of those things they print over at Cafe Press hey, or whatever. You know, worth worth it. Oh, it's totally worth it because you can proudly hold the mug and explain over and over what it means. <laughs> now, Rick. Yeah, go ahead, Dave. I saw it. Rick, when did you know you were funny? I'm funny? Yeah, you are. You absolutely are. Man, I, one whole career, I completely... Oh, God. <laughs> I, uh, you know, the classroom, I think, is where it was. And uh, my dad loved comedy. He was a jazz guy. Mm-hmm. 
And the thing about being a jazz guy is if you have a secret desire to be funny, it takes a really special combo of being because jazz is all about being cool. Yeah. It's not about because it's about not being vulnerable. The humor comes from vulnerability. Being like whenever the, the comic who had tried to just be zany before would try to be cool in the next film for the comedy, that, that comedy never does any good because <laughs> yeah. the cool of it takes away why we linked to the comedy of it. Yeah. And uh, so dad had some challenges with, you know, living out both as this cool jazz piano guy and as a comedian. So the secret other life of dad was this comedy guy. And he'd take me up to the attic as a kid and he'd drop the needle on a Jonathan Winters album, yeah. on a Bob Newhart album, on some of the best stuff at the time, you know? Yeah. And Mira. Um, so yeah. I got a education in comedy early on. And then we'd sit around the Sullivan show and watch TV with comedians coming on yeah. and dad loved Peter Sellers. Oh yeah. It's all kind of loaded up on me, you know, and he being a musician and my wanting to do something in entertainment. I don't think I was going to follow in his shoes. This is just, I don't think I have it. My brother has it. I don't have it, uh, but I wanted to use rhythm and I wanted to use timing. And the other way to do that is get a laugh, you know? Right. Yeah. And what, what, the first time in class. So this is the longest answer you're ever going to get for that yeah, question. Yeah. But I'm showing <laughs> sort of etymological history of how you get to that place. That's what we were looking for. I've been thinking about this a lot. It was, it was not just the girl in class who did this. <laughs> no? Oh, a head tilt. Oh, man, you got a head tilt. That make you stay on a life path after that. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's yeah. a romantic drop of blood in you. <laughs> and so yeah it was i was right around that and just seeing that everyone liked the class liked it you know right I, not every class likes it and, it's, and not everyone who goes for a laugh can get that it's how you get the laugh but i had heroes like winters and a lot of the people like jonathan winters no. and so my teachers did too it was a lucky break was your dad uh because i see you're from uh queens new york is that correct yeah was your is your, was your was your dad from there or no, he's from uh, Kalamazoo, Michigan. Oh, get out of town. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. No, well, they're not he, close uh, to each other. But <laughs> He went into the Army and then came out and wanted to do jazz in Manhattan. Yeah. Lived in Queens. Yeah. And then found out uh, that the parking was getting nuts in Queens. So that's how long ago it was. Parking yeah. was getting nuts in Queens. <laughs> and and we, we moved to Englewood, which is considered uh, a sort of a suburb of Manhattan, like Englewood Cliffs, it's, it's Sopranos, everybody, you know, right. commute. Yeah. So there's different strata of money, uh, at the top of the hills money, and then down the hills, more middle class. We're in the middle class part, but that's because Dizzy Gillespie helped us find a house, and Thelonious did, so yeah. we, we hear them. So we, that's, that's, so they, uh, that's they why told we you, Sorry, they, they, they made it clear that the parking was okay there? Parking was much better in 66 people with New Jersey. No meters everywhere. You could just park, you could go to the store, come out. It was great. Did, uh, <laughs> now, with your uh, comedy, so did stand-up uh, come first and then acting came after? Was it just kind of a uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the typical? Years, was just, I met a guy, Roger Sullivan, through my buddy Bill Spitz. And he said, you got to work with this guy and do a comedy. He said, I was in another comedy team in high school, Tan Pastor. 
And it was, we were over to Pastor for high school sketches and routines and things like that. And then Tong went and got, you know, he got work down in Florida. Last day, he's, he's doing great. Yeah. And it wasn't comedy, but, and he's a very funny guy, but he uh, put it to sales and is killed <laughs> in that market. So I, uh, there was, I wanted a partner. I didn't know if I could do it on my own. So I wanted another partner. And then my buddy Bill says, how about Roger Sullivan? So for five years, we were a team. And the thing about teams is, when you're not getting paid and you're just doing freebie shows, oh, you were magnificent. You know, <laughs> and the second there's a paycheck, ooh, yeah, there's a big difference because they don't pay you twice for one time frame <laughs> on the right. page. You have to split that check. Yeah, uh-huh. and it becomes about whose premise was more important oh. than whose line and who's the gasoline and who owns the car <laughs> another marriage destroyed by money matters you know <laughs> and so uh, i was scared i could make it on my hello like, yeah there's a kid just you know barging in here <laughs> yeah kid, you just, surprised he didn't get a super soaker or something yeah, i know that's that's coming next fucking <laughs> <laughs> the water yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> That's the kind of little. That's the kind of little bastard I was. Um, <laughs> yeah. um, Did you? Um, uh, I mean, I say. I mean, you have uh, so many uh, acting credits here. I'm looking at, and uh, yeah, I mean, you were you, you were in Beverly Hills Cop. You were in. Uh, you were. I don't know if you remember. That's right. Um, because uh, team guys were looking out for team guys. Eddie Murphy wanted me to get that part because he was also in a team. Oh. He was in a. And uh, uh, Bob Nelson and uh, 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 Jim Klaus Myers, and uh, they—that's uh, where I first met them. This yeah. one, I out of my team, and I met them in the team, and they were kind of encouraging me I could go on my own. Right. And so that scene we did in Beverly Hills Cop, we improvised. Oh, really? It wasn't book. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I see I got so spoiled on riffing when I was on a movie set that when you had to stick to the book, it's like, oh man, because yeah. you <laughs> they don't care. Yeah. If you're Mr. Riff King, like uh, you know, it doesn't work everywhere. Learn the difference, you guys out there. Know when a riff goes and when it doesn't. Kind of smell the room. It's like a comic can smell, oh, that sure. bit he did isn't gonna didn't sure. work. I don't think I'm gonna do my version of that topic tonight. Right. You know? Yeah. He took did uh not, and, and you were also in Willow. Willow is uh, you know. <laughs> and we held the record for the most amount of superimposed humans into a, a green a blue screen and yeah we didn't even have green yet uh-huh. it was blue back then yeah. that's all they had so we held the record for the most amount of blue screen people beating even darby o'gill and the little people <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that's You're, uh yeah, that, that was, was a team as well sorry Sorry, yeah, we got a little delay there, uh, but uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah, quite quite a project to be a part of, you know. Very, uh, you know, George Lucas did the story, and you know, that's. Uh, yeah. it, I, I always forget it. It was directed by Ron Howard. I was how's working with him, yeah, <laughs> and and George. They collaborated on many of the scenes, so there'd be a day when George was on the B unit. Oh wow! Yeah, we weren't all A unit. We right. were never. Out- in uh, New Zealand or on the set for anything except San Rafael because there's no need to put us anywhere else. We right. wouldn't fit. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just too many. Of know, us. What's a life size? What's a life size half naked guy doing in the snow? You know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, or brownie. Uh, per- perhaps what I uh, best uh, know <laughs> you for, at least I quote the most, is uh, you from Groundhog Day, Ralph and Groundhog Day. Um, uh, Improv again. Thank you, Harold. <laughs> you got Thank any you flapjacks? <laughs> that was Bill's line. He threw that to me last uh, second. <laughs> Ask for some flapjacks. Well, I was. I came up with the. I'm kind of vomity. I'm a vomity kind of guy. Watch out. Maybe. <laughs> It was always like an edge of it. This could go wrong any moment thing. And uh, Ricky is the the more sturdy of the two of us. Ricky Dukeman, right? And uh, so, and then Bill just gave up and doesn't care about our lives or anyone else's. It doesn't matter if the train hits him. <laughs> yeah, It's right. Yeah. Well, he took us on his death ride there, you know. <laughs> but- and, you know, with most of that inside, we shot in a warehouse with the guys with planks of wood yeah. rocking it like this and the camera guy like that. And we we had to do it a little more ourselves. Was it hard? to like Star Trek. You no, know, Star Trek is a left. Right. There's always the guy that goes the wrong way. Right, yeah. Oh, your left. You know. Was it was it hard to act that inebriated in that scene, or were you actually uh, uh, intoxicated? Well, I was straight, straight, yeah. as a, straight. As a, you got to be, you know. I'm, yeah. I mean, I uh, I probably I could have had a beer and done it, but that's not yeah. how that one. I was, uh, you know, kind of. I wanted to impress Harold and show him I can do some physical shtick. So we came up with some sloppy shtick I could do with a little slide by the door. It's like, you know, right? I, he doesn't a lot to say so he could be more maybe the physical guy we don't want to steal the scene don't want to do like oh i'm trying to take it from anybody just you're given a space and how do you fill that space right yeah also it's this crap sticking out way past the space and banging into everybody else yeah (laughs) there you can make choices to fill just your space that people kind of remember sure so that's like a good note for actors to have is that and improvs, and when you're bringing improv in, and there was a ton of improv in, that. yeah, which I'm sure is always appreciated by comics or comedians, yeah. you know, whatever you want yeah. to call them, yeah, it, it, no, yeah. just it's, knowing when and when not, right? Yeah, exactly. Have yeah. the skills so you can make a living throughout. What uh, what would you say your most? Uh, this is a, probably a tough question, but what, what's a work you're most proud of in your acting career? Well, I sure love the work we were given to do in uh, I'm Dying Up Here. I'm Dying. The show I'm... Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, have yeah. you guys seen? I've I seen I've seen a couple episodes. Um... There's work out of comics that we know. Acting work. Just, there's no other venue has given them the shot to show these uh, meaty chops that they have. All these people that we know just for the comedy side are explosively good actors. Yeah. Brad yeah. Garrett, Judy Gold. Yeah. Just, you know, it's... the long, long list of people. Right. Yes. That made just a, 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 a Brad had me crying. Yeah, that's. He commands tears. This guy's good. Right. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, when you're surrounded by that many good people, like talented Kathy people. Lapp- yeah, yeah, it's just yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, it's great. And so I'm very grateful for the opportunity to be a part of that. And uh the informant. 
Oh, the informer. Yeah, Matt Damon. Yeah. Steven uh, so Damon. I yeah. got to be bastard, grouchy fart boss. Yeah. <laughs> really very, not very much footage of him just kind of in a meeting. The FBI black and white hidden cam shot of him, you know, talking about the deal. And he's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. Huh? All right. You know, so all right, let's yeah, walk yeah. around your dressing room and figure that guy out a little bit, you know. But it was that was one where you stick to the book. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, that's not much in the way of playing around with that script. It is so finely tuned and written to match with the the the, the separate dynamic going on in his head. Sure. And I think that yeah. I'm gonna go out and say I think that's some of his finest work too, Matt Damon. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's, I, I uh... think he put out a performance that one day we look back and go, that was out of the park. Right. Yeah. Or it was, yeah, was it was no, nothing like he's ever uh, done, you know. I mean, no. it was, uh, yeah, it was, yeah, just like, and everything he said is just like <laughs> he just digs himself further and further into this <laughs> lie that he's telling. This wig while he's talking, <laughs> e e e e e like yeah. that, killing <laughs> exactly. me on the moments when he was dry, he was dry playing me, you know. Yeah, and just doing, I'm like, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> so great, and then yeah. Uh, I, I have to mention uh, uh, The Office, you as Pam Beasley's dad. Just because, oh, sure. you know, I mean, come on. It's now, The Office. He doesn't get to do much. Pam Beasley's dad is there to yeah. explain a thing. He says, That's not really, he's not doing too much, but to watch. Yeah, it's, oh, my God. <laughs> and to be a part of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. I just, I just uh, love that. Uh, yeah, Jim comes up to you. He's like, "Oh, is this your niece?" And you're like, oh, "It's my my girlfriend." <laughs> I love that yeah. uh, that 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 uh, line. <laughs> Go ahead. So, dude. Rick, you said that the office there was a lot of improv going on in the delivery because I, I remember reading that even a lot of the even a lot of what seemed like improv was was written into the script. But was it was it actually different on set? Yeah, a little bit different. Moments when the stars could play. Mm -hmm. Now, do one for you. They say, yeah, <laughs> do one for you, you gave me three for me. I yeah. think we got it. Check the gate. One for you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sometimes it makes it in. Yeah. And I've had those. You know, and on the rarest TV occasions, they'll let you play a little bit. But every, it's, a, it's a meeting every time you talk. He's going to do a thing. You know? <laughs> and the script supervisors. Oh, really? Do you do, do, do what? How does that? How is it worded? He's going to play. Oh, so I have to watch. We'll watch replay. I'll get it on replay. <laughs> oh, man. Sure. <laughs> thankless job of script supervisor when that kind of crap goes on the set they're heroes they're truly heroes goodness is there uh is there anything you're uh working on now that you're promoting or anything uh well we're looking at a june release for a comedy special i did based on a comedy game an improv game called set list it's where oh. you stand on stage with a screen next to you and they project Topics that you have to go cold and roll into brand new stand-up material one after the next, generally five or six in a row. Yeah, that's right. And I do an hour of that, so it's going to be a special of that. Oh, nice! Oh, that's, that yeah. sounds great. And yeah. it's going to be on Comic Dynamics. All right, 
There you go, folks. All right, that's the show. Uh, no, um, but uh, no, uh, we're we're uh, we we are a show that uh, like to co- invite comics on, actors, uh, filmmakers, all that to discuss uh, a favorite film of theirs. It uh, helps fans, you know, get a different uh, perspective on uh, the film and what uh, what they uh, what they think uh, about the art form and and all that. And uh, the film we're speaking about today is Easy Ride from 1969 directed and starring Dennis Hopper uh Peter Fonda um what's uh what was your first experience with this film Rick uh, my dad took me to see it really how in old Manhattan you? you know adult supervision you can bring the teen in <laughs> yeah. and I looked old age you know so I was a tall kid so I was able to pull it off a little bit and you know no one bugged us yeah uh it was it blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because every biker film I'd seen on TV previous to this one is the bikers are the destructive element to this peaceful little mm. town. And uh, it's it's disrupting everything. And the sheriff has no power against them. And they're nothing but terror and fear. And yet the teenage girls all want to go away with them. And, you know. Right. And after the next of these, or there's, or there's two gangs and they're shooting at each other, and that the bikers are all the trouble. And this is like the complete 180 reverse of that. Hmm. They can't get a hotel room. They can't get a meal because of how they look on their bikes. Everyone hates them. Right. Everyone, except for the girls and the right. hippies at the yeah. commune. <laughs> exactly. And the yeah. prostitutes. If it isn't for those elements, everybody, everyone freaking hates them. Right. I, I think I think and that's trying- interesting. And I, I maybe uh, I'll, I'll just full disclosure. This was my first time seeing this film. I, I should have seen it long time ago. Uh, and, and I, I'm glad we did. But I think that was a, a bit of a missing context for me. And I don't know if it's, if it's the same thing for you, Ben, that sort of anti-hippie hate is something i don't quite understand as we're sitting here in in 2021 uh but yeah sort of what was going on in the culture at that time is of course this movie came out in 1969 so i feel like we us you know watching it now we're we're missing a little bit of what's going on of course we can pick it up because the movie is is so well done uh but yeah i didn't i didn't quite understand so 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 rick you're saying a biker would typically been society would have seen somebody on a bike as a troublemaker and a bad guy. And that, that actually helps inform the reactions a little bit because this, it seems like just blanket hatred towards them. And I didn't quite get it, but that, that explains it a bit. And, and and they're doing it intentionally to switch the roles around, you know, role reversal Mm -hmm. um, at at moments over the top, but a lot of the times very subtle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Little prime reflective moments, throw the no time doesn't matter anymore. It's a little, you know, some of it's a little straight out of college. Well, this means this and that means that, you know, yeah. look through the book. It doesn't mean anything anymore. And uh, the shifty hippie con man who doesn't pay for the gas. And that's like right. the grifter element of the hippies. Because it's yeah. goddamn the pusher man is our first anti-hero song we hear from these guys. Mm. Right. Is, yeah. They're not weed dealers. They're coke dealers. Yeah. Made their money from coke, which they they're they're going on to say is you know like heroin and the 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 contempt for powdered substances from the veg, vegetation substance people. So <laughs> yeah. They uh, 
they get it the tube of money down the thing. It's still really about the money across America. A big American flag filled with money. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, yeah, there's so many subtle, yeah, little metaphors here and messages and subliminal subliminal messages. Yeah, yeah it's uh definitely Yeah, they're not gonna save America. He's not like Captain America saves America. It's gonna get laid. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's gonna get laid in New Orleans. With his yep. buddy, you know, yep. these guys. But he's, it's like he's the beginning of an evolution. Right. These guys never get on a spoiler. I'm sorry. No, but, yeah, uh, of course. They never got the chance, you know, right. to totally evolve into what was just beginning to dawn on them. Yeah. The movie doesn't deify them, which what I expected that it, I, kind of, I guess my expectation was going in is that it would. And, and it didn't. And they kind of in the end were, well, certainly with, out of the barrel of a, a few shotgun blasts. But in a lot of ways, they were failures in what, whatever it was that they were trying to find and do. And as the morality tale of your karma came and got you for all the yeah. goddamn the pusher man lives you took. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It, it's, uh, so I mean, what what are they? I mean, are are they? Was this their payday to finally break free of the drug drug life? You think yeah. like it yeah. was like their way of it is, but that's not. Yeah. I think the way the karma works for this storyline, yeah, you'll have your not, your little not, odyssey. You know, you'll go through your Homer's Odyssey, and you'll have the women holding up your schedule, delaying your time, just right. like Homer <laughs> losing time to the pond with the temptresses. And then getting exactly. there and going to the horror house. Oh, and then poor Jack Nicholson, you know. Yeah. I always sequel years ago when everyone was still around. Like, you know, say 15 years ago, I was playing around with this idea of a sequel to Easy Rider where yeah. you cut back to the mound of dirt where they buried Jack. Oh, and, man. You hear, and you hear, <laughs> <laughs> what? and just see hands clawing out of the dirt yeah (laughs) oh that would be brilliant the truck watch me scare the shit out of these hippies and he pulls up next he goes hey hippie why don't you get a haircut and you hear bam that's the right tire of the truck and the truck just humbles and bursts into flames like a scene from and and the two guys ride off into the sunset you know yeah yeah you would uh that that was uh, you know kind of the ending i was expecting that's for sure uh but uh we we didn't get it uh what what i stands out for me is just uh you could tell dennis hopper is just totally experimenting as a director in this film like first of all his crazy transitions he does where he'll like yeah yeah the flash the flash into the next scene where that's some film film school fun yeah yeah exactly and that's all it was because typically i mean if you if you use that type of transition you're like flashing to something that's going to happen like later on in the film but no it's just a transition to the next it was scene. a transition yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, hey man yeah. let's try this man let's just have it yeah. flash man you and know? it works <laughs> yeah it, it's cool i would yeah. i would use it as much as trinity frozen in midair <laughs> yeah. matrix that, that's been used you know those things you can use to death these the horror scene where someone's dragged backwards on the floor yep. all done with that one so you know there's a few standards maybe we can do a couple more flashback but don't overdo it right no. yeah exactly we and the, see the trick after a certain point yeah <laughs> and the, the cinematography in this movie is just outstanding i mean it's just yeah. a beautiful film to look at i guess this was like kind of the start of the sun flare like the sun flare in the uh in the lens you- well, well, yeah, there were a few '60s films. That yeah, used but uh, uh, I, I think it was. I, I read anyway. It was. Hour. Go ahead. What Magic was that? Hour. 
where they throw the sun dogs and the, you know, the parallaxes out. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it wasn't like total popular yet. Well, it's now you, you see it, you know, all the time, but, uh, yeah, yeah. it's just on board the enterprise. Now it's even on board. Oh, it's yeah. all over the place in the new enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, they... I found this to be in a lot of ways, a, 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 I guess if the right word is meditative film, you know, it, or, uh, you know, or the earliest version of like a music video, you know, and I'm just in, in many of those scenes, I'm just kind of sitting there just taking it all in and I'm genuinely relaxed and I'm enjoying the setting just in the way the, the, the characters are, where they're pointing to the mountains and all that stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm be a bird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. It, 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 this, you know who was originally supposed to be on the back of the Harley? Who? Riptorn. <laughs> Riptorn. <I> think, <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. It didn't work out. So Jack Nicholson came in and did the, Oh, part. thank God. Oh man. Yeah. Can he, Oh, I can't but imagine. But I tell you about, yeah, some stuff. I gotta tell you about Angie Dickinson. <laughs> you hear about those UFOs? Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm a head of an agency. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's so great. Yeah, and it, it, I guess. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't know if someone was saying something. Um, no, I. Uh, Dennis Hopper. I mean, I guess they, you know, were actually smoking joints in this movie. I guess Dennis Hopper wasn't uh, the best to, uh, director to work with. He was constantly getting in riffs with the uh, the crew and everything, and crew would quit, uh, you know, uh, just on the spot and things like that. So yeah, he wasn't uh, he wasn't in the best mindset uh, for this movie. <laughs> That's I, uh, what I would. There's a little there was a little bit of uh, turmoil on the set. Yeah. 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 Which was interesting to to, to read about because, uh, yeah, I think uh, Peter Fonda, you know, he wanted uh, Dennis Hopper involved and Dennis Hopper said he would come on to as long as he got to direct and he agreed. And even him and Peter, I guess, were going at it a lot. And mm -hmm. uh, Peter, as a producer, tried to get him fired many times i read i read maybe this is true maybe it's not but uh it's uh yeah just interesting the first time yeah <laughs> right <laughs> exactly um but uh, that's what that's one thing i i uh feel like i wish we got more dennis hopper classic Den dennis hopper i feel like he, his character you know he's there but he's not like the Dennis Hopper we get to know like he's not uh, apocalypse now Dennis Hopper it's rare when he gets to be a good guy when he got to be right. a good guy <laughs> yeah no yeah, yeah definitely one of his, that's one of his best guys yeah <laughs> Billy yeah that's you know, true gotta, uh, leave it there you know because then it's you know <laughs> yeah, Blue oh, Velvet, yeah yeah <laughs> and it's it's funny because his character kind of it devolved as the movie went along. He was sort of, I mean, uh, the Peter Fonda character, Wyatt, he's kind of, it seems like he's sick of him. And uh, I don't know. It felt like people were just annoyed by his, by Dennis Hopper's presence. He was just being like, ir just irritating and like a wild man. Uh, but I, yeah. I, yeah. He, he had that, <laughs> he had that laugh. <laughs> yep. that not always belong where laughter goes, you know. Right. So that was a great. He's supposed to be this irritating, yeah, troublemaking firebrand of a guy that will get. He's the one that got everyone killed, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, Bam. <laughs> boom! I got to get the witness now. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's what it was. The other guy saw us. Got turned mm -hmm. around the truck around. Right, that's true. Yeah, because I mean, uh, I mean, I, 
the Jack Nicholson death, I, I, I think it was just the town they were in. Um, but it was interesting to see how a town, it's just, it's about anyone who's different from you. So, I mean, right. like back then, you know, with the civil rights movement and everything, it's African-Americans like, oh, what are they doing in here? Whereas these are like just they have long hair and a mustache and nope, you you don't belong in our town. It's just right. it's so interesting to me that, you know, you get that. At, you know, we alluded to it earlier, obviously, but you get that aspect um, of this era. It's like it's not it's not just, at, you know, African Sometimes the only thing that's changed is now there's guys with long hair that look like hippies that talk just like those guys. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's so... There's guys that just have longer hair. Right. <laughs> beards now. You know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. It's uh, Finally yeah. brought on to the hippie thing. And now the hippies don't all have long hair. Right. No. Yeah. They just have long beards. Regular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they look like they're older, regular people. Yeah. Yeah. They drink Rick, craft beer. Flipping around. <laughs> Rick, can you tell us a little bit about the difference between squares and hippies? Because that seems to be a thing going on here. Because it's with Jack Nicholson, I guess, would be a square, even though he has a little bit longer hair. He's but hip he's square. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> about the UFOs, and they've been coming here for years and swamped, you know. <laughs> Jack, he doesn't, go ahead, he's dude. an alcoholic, right? right. I think there's that's one of the things. I think you know, kind of showing. I guess everybody has their own problems, I, I guess. But I, I didn't quite. He, he he sort of meshes with them very quickly. I don't know if it's because he has his own faults and he sees maybe that like uh, he's he's dealing with people who have the similar to himself, but just in a different way. Uh, but I was just curious about that divide because I, I don't the, the hippie culture thing. It just I don't quite. I only know what I've seen in films like this, but I didn't I didn't live it. So if you have anything to tell me on this, well, the comparison is he admits he's kind of naive to certain ways of the world in one way, <laughs> but the ironic contrast is in other ways he's much more informed than our heroes are. Oh yeah. And when they sit down on that camp and around the fire, he's the one laying out all the information from that point on. (laughs) He's running the scene from that point on. Yeah. I think, yeah, when he shows up, I mean, he's, he's essentially running the movie. Like he's, he's a breath of fresh air in this movie. Every moment he's running the movie. Yeah. uh, He's yeah. (laughs) He was go that length of time, you know, and then we're supposed to be with Karen black. And yeah. Next, yep. She was amazing as the uh, crying to the parents on the statue while she's tripping is her oh, first time. Man. Oh, that yeah. scene, man. Magnificent. Oh. And also, <laughs> Tony was fantastic as the other hooker, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so good. So good. Uh, <laughs> that must have been something else to see. I mean, that even, that. I mean, that whole sequence is really effective now and creeped me out and but it it looked you know something like you would see i think there was a revival of this in the 90s with uh and i'm thinking again to music videos things like that but that's exactly what this looked like in 1969 it is amazing what is it's so evocative showing all of this stuff yeah yeah it broke a lot of ground at once yeah it changed a lot of things at once was this? Uh, uh, I, I would assume this was a little controversial when it came out. I mean, with all the drug use and you know, for that time, I mean, I, I would a few s- other things had come out so that it was in the midst of a, a wave of things, but it stood out in the wave. Yeah, it was the tall the waves to come out, and this and the film Woodstock. You know, yeah, I mean, 
there were things, uh, and it was already becoming a relatively, if you know, laughing is joking about it. Okay, everybody knows about it. So, right, yeah. <laughs> I'll now, smoke your, you know. So. <laughs> now, aren't you, uh, aren't you a, a motorcycle guy? I have been, and uh, not in the last few years. Yeah. Now that everybody is kind of looking more into their right hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Okay. It, uh, it's not the windscreen they're looking through. Yeah. (laughs) When I started writing, cars were not Las Vegas glittering, flashing entertainment centers inside the car where you're like NASA guy. You're not doing nothing but pushing buttons in your car and reading things, data reading stuff off the interior of your car. I know someone put the head up display onto the windscreen like a fighter, but most cars. So the guys, all I'm seeing is the guy's uh, right ear the entire time I'm behind him. And it got really dangerous, so I stopped writing. Yeah. <laughs> did uh did you um did this movie inspire you to be a motorcycle guy? Or were you uh, already totally? Yeah. Now this and uh, I'm going to say a little bit of the Steve McQueen jumping the barbed wire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, I would I would assume so. Um, yeah, because I mean, uh, the Peter Fonda bike I know was very customized and uh, chopped, as they say. I think that's yeah. the term. Um, it's you know. like a mile long. Yeah, it's huge. <laughs> it's uh, I've seen it. I've seen them. You know, replicas of them. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Captain America and the Billy yeah. Bike. They're panheads. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, this. There's so much. Uh, nothing happening nothing happening in this movie you know yeah. there's so much you know just shots of the scenery which i love i love that kind of stuff um but uh i mean what 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 are your guys thoughts on the whole scene with when they're at the commune what's what's the purpose of that um first of all that one scene where it's they're they're like around the dinner table and they show every single person very mm-hmm. slowly really and the slowly guy, yeah yeah and the guy gives the yeah. prayer and the guy, <laughs> who's from the star trek episode charlie <laughs> his brain disappeared. I, I think and rick I'm is like, a star well, trek guy see him after star trek, I was like, oh someone used him again good yeah <laughs> it's like you know uh um seeing Did- buffalo bill get hired again you know oh, levine at levine yeah. someone come on man don't hold that against him his whole life he's a right. genius he's a great actor don't use one performance so why we can't do this with him tom hanks let him be an astronaut everything got okay yeah phew have been everybody one. out yeah. <laughs> what, what, what were your thoughts on this whole commune thing david david well, <laughs> oh uh well i mean i, I guess in, in going back just a second you're like i, I guess to distill it down, I was I was describing this movie to my wife, and it, it sounds kind of stupid. <laughs> and, it, and it's within it's with about twenty seconds to say what happens in this movie, but that's not really it, right? It's it's about ninety nine percent feel what this movie is, and and I think it's two guys trying to figure out the world, you know, as they're just, as they're driving around with this drug money in the gas tank. And of course, and, and they get to the, well, even before that, they, they meet the rancher, which I think might be overlooked about this. And the Peter Fonda character is like, you got it all, man. He realizes it, but they keep going. Mm-hmm. And they, they, end, they end up on that hippie commune. And I don't know. I think it's really weird. I don't know what's going on here. It doesn't seem sustainable. And, and they mentioned the the city, basically the city slickers who have come in and showed up too late and they can't feed themselves <laughs> kind of a thing. And I think it is to show in some way the movie kind of 
intentionally undermines its own ethos in a way that that you have to keep pondering because like we haven't found the answer yet we're searching uh and then of course our characters are left dead it's a very it's very nihilistic and depressing and it shows you examples of people that they meet along the way who are good sort of not good they got their own problems and then of course uh the assholes in the small town so i think it was to show you okay watch out hippies you know you have this idealized world you know world that could work and it's probably not going to actually so um that's kind of my just off the top yeah. of my head thoughts can i say this can I add that Go for it. there are several opportunities for them to participate in a sort of meal benediction? And that is, is the, whatever the grace is, Yeah, the, the cowboy and his uh, Catholic wife and the many children. And they say a grace. And the guys are, these are, these are symbolic moments of potential redemption. You could stay mm-hmm. in that guy's world. If you didn't go any further, this place where all you want to do is get laid and get high <laughs> at the end yeah. with after killing all these, you know, you know, maybe killing people with Coke right. and one chance. And you know, we're going to move on to the next one. Mm. You get another chance when they're doing the blessing. All these blessings are opportunities to say you're welcome to this and you could stay. Right. Yeah. You're going to stay here. You don't have to go any further. If you stay here, put that money into this place. We'll all live happy a long time. Yeah. You're going to blow it all. Then you'll be dead. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, oh, yeah, that it's- is absolutely fantastic yeah, yeah absolutely it's uh yeah it's just so it's, it's very like 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 you said dave like on paper this movie just sounds like okay that's <laughs> you know <laughs> what was the point but yeah it's definitely about the feel and and about uh yeah just the the journey you know um but the utopia is not at the end of the road right you you gotta deal with some kind of reality that the thing that you want that you that's in your mind and you're not going to be satisfied to get just doesn't exist. And you have to somehow plant yourself here and do the freaking work to make it work. And, and I guess maybe utopia is possible. You just don't get it for free. Every <laughs> yeah. other place they stop, they have a work ethic for their dream. Dealer doesn't have a work ethic for their dream. They move this, they shift that and suddenly they're rich because they took one risk. Yeah. And so it's the it's the lack of work ethic is a big message here for these guys. Rick, how many how many hippie communes did you join? <laughs> no, you know I've driven by a couple. I think I might have poked in on one, yeah. but I don't mind it. I think it's a fine idea, and I wish them all the luck in the world. I'm yeah. you know I'm here to help run defense for you guys. Um, I'm kind of set in my ways, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'm a I got some comfort. Hey, you know what? Look, if society starts to collapse, I'm going to have to adjust to living in a commune. <laughs> yeah, and it wouldn't be the end of the world for me because you know I don't live in the status sphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. I mean, at least you didn't join because you know you never know where you would have ended up. Because uh, '69, I believe, was when the Manson murders happened as well. So you <laughs> oh, know, you could, oh wow. Uh, yeah. Well, now see, there's a whole other thing. I, yeah, <laughs> I don't. A lot of I, lot of stuff uh, happening at this time. I wanted me laughs. That's all I wanted. Long is this thing on? Hello. <laughs> um, go ahead, ahead Dave. No, I, real quick. There is this sense of uh, wanting re- wanting to return to something more traditional um, and return to the land. And uh, I think people still feel that way. It doesn't seem like it was ever. <laughs> 
certainly wasn't fixed with the hippie generation. I guess they all just got older and got comfortable. I don't know. I feel like our generation, Ben, they still want the same thing. Uh, but it is hard and no one knows how to do it. Uh, but there is that yearning inside all of us, I think, who live in these cities and and uh, in finely tuned suburbs and all that stuff. That 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 is that hasn't gone away. And I don't know what the answer is to that. Yeah. Well, and I, I think the, uh, yeah, the, the, the characters don't know the answer. I mean, Peter, Peter found it. He's got this thing about him, this whole movie where he's just kind of sitting back and just kind of pondering about things. Mm-hmm. Like he, he definitely doesn't fully know what he wants. It feels yeah. like, uh, why it doesn't like it's, uh, you know, he's, he's one of those that just kind of sits back and it's, he, he almost seems depressed this whole movie. Definitely. And then it, yeah, and then at the end, you know, after Jack Nicholson gets killed, um, yeah, and they do the brothel thing. I think they're sleeping by the campfire. He says, like, ah, forget the line. He says, like, we, we failed. What was that? We blew it. We blew it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah what does that mean? It. What does he mean, Rick? There's no big shiny dream at the end. You went to you went to the Mardi Gras. You got laid. You ate steak, drank wine. <laughs> Now you're riding home. Yeah. yeah. They got their meal, right? Big deal. That was the fireworks show. They got right. the meal. They paid, but they so already I, got, got laid in the, in the water pond. Yeah. It's like that, the, the, the special, the magic specialness of it, just this one thing for that one thing. It's like kind of it all, you had all these opportunities earlier. Right. Happiness waited you earlier. You didn't have to go to the one thing that was just known for debauchery or whatever. And look, I don't even know if it was that much of a morality tale in and of itself to say that it's the the amorality or the immorality of, of uh, Mardi Gras necessarily. Right. It was just showing them the mindset, showing everybody the mindset of people who, what are you going for? What do you see your future to be? You know, and if you didn't, if you don't have any idea and you wander in, you could get eaten. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, it's- and, and it's the superficiality of what Billy wants. Yeah, he just wants this moment, man. He just says everything is just this moment, <laughs> and eating, and you know, fucking touch and whatever. Yeah. Uh, he's well, supposed to be the completely non-contemplative guy. Well, so they did sort of be the exact odd couple opposites of each other throughout the movie too. I like how they they, they do. Um, if there's one happiness or happy uh, thing that did happen, I think they enlightened jack nicholson like i think they helped him like he yeah. you know because they they make the little line like oh your father's gonna be upset he's like still answering to his father and like yeah. uh you know so they bring that up and he's like i'm just gonna go with these guys you know feel what it's like to be free you know from from all this and go on this journey and and they gave him that essentially um you know yes it was tragic that he ended up dead but it, in a way he died in his sleep it seems like so I mean, not to make his death. And it's weird. He'd he'd found a freedom he'd never known. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So you can kind of, you know, uh, spin it a little to make it seem like you know that uh, no, not true. even yeah. make it seem. You know, it's it's yeah. they, they touched this person. They they affected him in a in a good way. You know, yep. for him, they they yeah. gave him that freedom. You know, he seemed like he lived more in those couple of days than he was living his entire right. life. And he got to do yeah. it with his old football helmet. <laughs> it looks. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yep and uh he was he was i think uh that was uh michigan wolverines my michigan wolverines sweater he was wearing 
Uh, so, you know, uh, sorry, Dave, I have to mention Michigan <laughs> at, uh, in every episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this, uh, yeah, it's just one of those, I mean, that whole acid, acid trip scenes, just crazy. I guess when uh, Peter Fonda's talking to the, uh, uh, statue, Dennis Hopper insisted he pretend it was his mother who I guess committed suicide when he was 10 years old. So like, that was actually him, like kind of talking to his mother saying like i love you but i hate you like that whole thing like and, that's yeah right yeah it's powerful man um and you know uh, what this not, he didn't have a ilm or special effects right he had some light and he i think he shot with super 16 okay and, yeah and, that... and super stage and then it's like it's that grainy it was just yeah it was its own unique thing it was different from the rest of the film texture in the in the film that and you think that oh, and, how that well super 16 yeah exactly that and the scene when they're all walking down like they're with the two girls and they're walking down like uh it's like a whole movie (laughs) marty they're in mardi gras they're you know watching the parade and stuff and that's you can tell that shot on like super 16 or something and right um well i don't want to bring a 35 into mardi gras yeah exactly yeah because you can see like works fine Little, you can, guy. yeah, you can see people like watching them walk by. Like, what are they doing? Like, I think I but, recognize that guy. Right. <laughs> I have yeah, to add, guys, okay. make it like they're looking at you being crazy people. You know, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, I have to ask a little bit before that when they when they meet Jack Nicholson. Obviously, they they, they awake in jail, and he's uh, he doesn't even Jack Nicholson doesn't even know where he is. It's amazing. Right. It, it is amazing how he how he steals this. Uh, entire movie essentially with with his talent uh but before that uh they get arrested for what, what was it creating <laughs> without, without a permit, permit? yeah exactly yeah. now i have to say weren't even on they were foot walking the bikes along <laughs> right <laughs> yeah. so the, that's my question I, I mean they're kind of being annoying aren't they? and i don't know if that's enough to warrant a night in jail maybe a ticket but they are kind of being a disturbance here it's right the- yeah yeah well, the yeah, whole point those, is, those you know, and I guys. challenge this risk of getting arrested. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. And uh, yeah, it's uh, <laughs> and that's but yeah. For what? For what? For, uh, for looking the way they do and, <laughs> you know, being in their town. And look, you know. if, you're, if, if you're the screenwriter, you got OK, we got to get them in jail by the scene. Yeah. yeah. What can they do that isn't so much jail time that there's just no fucking way they're ever getting out? Right. Yeah. <laughs> thing they can do that's also really cinematically fun. Yeah. What, what What did our location guy find? Oh, there's a parade. Yeah. Like oh, hang on. Oh, I think I got it now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> that's the one. Thank you, parade. Yeah. Hi, everybody. We're going to be shooting a little movie scene on. I don't. I don't know if that's the case here, but it may be the yeah, parade. Yeah. Uh, uh, all paid for, but that's a lot of freaking people, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on that yeah. budget, uh, if you read what the budget is, they got a lot of movie to make with that budget. I'm thinking, how can we make this work <laughs> where we don't have to hire all these, put them in the spangly crap and everything? What can we do about it? Right. <laughs> what do you got? Looks that we can just interject ourselves into. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, yeah, three, uh, 360 to $400,000 budget. Uh, yeah, back then it was more, but yeah, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that it, this was a big budget film. Uh, it was a big, it was a big indie budget for the time, half okay. mil. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it seems 
high. I mean, 69 uh, adjusted for inflation. Uh, let me do the calculations. Yeah, do the, <laughs> do the math. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, easy rider. I mean, it's yeah, uh, definitely you can see why it's uh, such a classic. Great performances. Uh, again, Jack Nicholson gets uh, best supporting uh, actor nomination uh, for this. Uh, rightfully so, I think. Um and uh and yeah so i mean i i i read somewhere that some fans view the the ending where they both get killed as kind of a happy ending how how do we make that connection is it a happy ending is it i don't i see it completely bleak and empty and just nihilistic that's what i see (laughs) yeah yeah i mean it's yeah yeah, happy ending rick I'm not going to attach a happy or sad to it, but it is kind of the morality tale of yeah. uh, now you go third opportunity to a redemption. Right. Yeah. Was this yeah. directed to specifically two, two hippies? Two bit of chins around the meal and yeah. then the third one as you leave your body and the helicopter shot, which was not cheap either. Oh, right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, yeah. And it's uh, yeah, I think it just shows, yeah, consequences of your actions in the past and just, you know, it's uh the 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 tale of these of these people you know it's uh yeah it's 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 sad i yeah i don't think you can find happiness in it um other than they lived their life free and you know they died free (laughs) so i guess that's the one uh silver lining you could put i guess on the on the ending but you know i I do like the way it treats the main characters. These guys are not heroes. And even in a time when th- these people would have been glorified potentially for their views, of course, we have the we have the local yokels who are, you know, that's that's a trope that's been done forever, basically, uh, jerks or whatever. But, yeah, I think, yeah. So, I mean, was this for the hippie generation? I mean, it, was this was this this was a cautionary tale for them of, you know, you, you're seeking this thing that, that's not there and you need to kind of. When you might have a chance to make something right, do it, or or to live a life that's maybe not. You got to compromise a little bit. I I don't know. I think it was just uh, a demonstration of uh, the challenges you'll face when you go across. Don't think that just because you have hippie friends in this town that you're going to run into hippies everywhere. Right, yeah. And so I don't know if that in and of itself is, I don't think that's the message of the story. I think the message of the story is about redemption and opportunities. Life will give you several opportunities. And then, all right, if you're just set in your ways, you do, you life knocking doesn't seem to get the door to open. So, right. Yeah. yeah. I agree with that. And even beyond that, just the pure from a filmmaking perspective, this, this movie is hypnotic in a lot of ways. You just mm-hmm. kind of sit and you just, <laughs> you're on it. I mean, I could see yeah. you know, back in the day what people might have might have been on when they watched this movie and it gets <laughs> yeah. their enjoyment. And I could, I could appreciate that. The, uh, like I said, the, uh, they were actually smoking marijuana, but they, uh, apparently the, the Coke wasn't real, but, uh, P- Peter Fonda said it was because they couldn't afford it. Um, yeah, so. Bill Spector does that. Empty spoon <laughs> in the car. Did you see him do the empty spoon? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just that cracked me up the most because Phil Spector does the empty spoon. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, because even the doctor now. doctor says, I can't put anything fake up my nose. <laughs> right, yeah, because yeah, don't they use like doctor vitamin spoon. I think now they like use like vitamin C for it or something like to yeah. make it look like uh, yeah, malatol like, baby farts or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> we were doing we were doing some of that crap on uh, I'm dying up here. 
Oh, really? Really? Oh, well, Leo and I are in the back of the comedy club, and we're doing this Malatol stuff. And then you head to your head to your trailer. Yeah. <laughs> World. There's no path to that. Yeah, not so much. Um, Might be worth mentioning quickly just that scene in general with the, the airplanes flying overhead. How how like stressful that was for me to watch. Like you can't hear anything. It's like this these giant planes landing when they're trying to do a drug deal that was that oh was something else i love i love the bond villain element of the big <laughs> with the, the 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 claw head uh, yeah, walking stick and the russian fur hat <laughs> phil specter <laughs> yeah. and he goes and, and billy goes for the money he goes no He's yeah. gonna give it to Captain America, you know. Yeah, Phil Spector is a total Blofeld moment, you know. Oh, right. totally! It's so weird and creepy. I'm like, what am I watching? Well, this here? this whole beginning is weird. Like, it starts with them getting the the drugs from the the Mexicans, um, and then yeah, just like goes to an airport. They're at an airport now. It's like, wait, this this is how the film begins, and then it gets into <laughs> you know the, the the wild thing. Bikes. They're on dirt bikes because they run border runs. Yeah. They're not crossing in the border. They're crossing in the middle of the desert. Right. Yeah. Well, I was wondering that too because when Before they first the wall. Po- yeah when when they first pulled up, uh, I was like, I thought this was a motorcycle film. This those are dirt bikes. Like what? <laughs> what is, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> One tiny step along the way. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's what pays for everything. And exactly. man, yeah, that was a lot of money for two batteries worth of blow. You know, I don't. Yeah. You see mobs. <laughs> These are these giant trucks full of it, and then oh, that's ten thousand dollars worth of cocaine. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it is crazy. interesting that the, the film never insults your intelligence. There's actually a lot left. There's quite a bit left unsaid that you kind of have to piece together yourself. And, and that's, that's what good. we do. I like being. I like being given credit. There are too many films where. It's say uh, I'm holding a hammer. Here, ho- take the hammer. Yes, I will take the hammer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's yeah, screenwriting 101. You know, say everything. Yeah, and I will use it to kill this person because I, I mean, will. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for giving most- me that. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking, even Jack Nicholson's death. Do we really even? We just really see the 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 sleeping bag, right? I don't think we, we, there's well, no. We get the forehead, like you can see his forehead bashed yeah. in. And it's um, like really quick, and like you barely see anything. Yeah. Yeah. Like and then just yeah, like Dennis Hopper scares them away with a knife, I guess. Like it's yeah, it's very <laughs> quick and <laughs> get out of here. Yeah. But uh anyway, yeah, uh, uh uh Rick, any any final thoughts on, on Easy Rider that we didn't get to that uh, you wanted to say on the film? No, I think that's the thought, you know. Uh yeah. oh, and if you build a chopper, uh, get a front brake. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you, uh, do you know why they called them suicide clutch bikes is because in san francisco if you didn't have a front brake there's really no way to stop when the red when the light turns red and you're going up a hill or yeah. something like that you keep going and you might have to run the light which might be suicide oh man <laughs> ouch yeah that's uh now you you don't ride anymore but do you still own any bikes nah. no no yeah like, I'm smart. Off, that's that for this this run unless yeah. unless everyone gets the borg eye with data yeah. playing yeah, exactly. on exactly like pilot uh they can still look out at me i'm not sure i'm gonna do any more of that i'm staying yeah. on the damn sidewalk <laughs> <laughs> definitely you know, but, i've just uh, seen too much uh but 
it's just a great story and it's yeah. a great piece of history. Yeah. This is uh, showing a massive transition in how films are made and how people think. And then go and look at other films and look at how that influence. Oh, they totally right. borrowed that inspiration from this, you know? I, I was watching this with my wife and yeah, she couldn't really take it anymore, which I don't blame her. Like I can see why people would be like, uh, oh, this is just too, too weird for me. Like you, you gotta be in the right mood, right mindset. Uh, so yeah, I don't blame her for walk. She's like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> I think it's essential films and it's on the yeah. list along with 2001 and Dr. Oh, Strange, yeah. you yeah. know, a Absolutely. lot of, oh. yeah. Um, but uh, no, it was. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on to discuss this with us. Uh, where where can people find you on social media? At Rick Overton on oh, Twitter. That's easy enough. There you go. Um, but uh, uh, Dave, did you have any final thoughts on Easy Rider? Uh, just to go bounce off of Rick before we get out of here. Yes, history, and that's what that's what intrigues me so much. History of film and the history of 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 our culture. There's two things this movie's telling us, which is is it's it's showing you a culture that even as we said, we, we don't really we we know the hippies, you know, but this dives into it and shows you kind of what was going on at the time, and then certainly filmmaking. When you watch this, you go, wow. I mean, I think just this. This evening, I saw a Geico ad on a guy, of a guy in a motorcycle and Born to be Wild was being played. <laughs> I mean, talk about impact on culture right. all these many years later. And I think that's what intrigues me the most. Uh, the culture, the U.S. culture at the time and then the filmmaking uh, at the time and how that was uh, evolving. Fantastic. It's up, there, it's up there with the Ridley Scott flipping fan shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> definitely uh, so i'm so glad to have rick here rick you were amazing your energy is is unbounded uh it's great to have you here and i'm so and as i've said this was my first time seeing this film which is an embarrassment to me but it got uh, movie. good you're a fresh initiate yeah. you're gonna watch it again now aren't you Go back again yeah you'll 100%. see all the other things yeah. that are wonderful little nuanced things it's dropping a lot of stuff in there it's not all it's not all subtle, and it's just, a, it's just a fantastic first effort, you know. Absolutely. Definitely. Well, Rick, it's been an absolute pleasure. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Guys, it's a pleasure. My pleasure. I always love talking. Hopefully I'll get to talk to you again one day. There you have it, folks. Rick Overton. A lot of fun a lot of fun very very cool guy and again we're uh, we're already planning uh, to have him back so can't wait uh to to talk to him again about a movie like i said love the passion love when a guest has passion like that got a lot of other guests coming up uh that are exciting and uh definitely looking forward to sharing that with you all again you can get all the updates on the show at blockbuster cast on twitter at blockbuster mentality on instagram uh also working to revamp the website site uh, so it can be a one-stop shop for everybody and uh, that's where you can get past episodes and all that just uh, working out the kinks on it so definitely looking forward to relaunching that and sharing that with you all but anywho uh, again catch you next time and uh, for Dave and Rick I'm Ben and as always grab some popcorn grab some snacks we'll catch you guys at the movies. Bye.